Hey, ho, hey, ho, oh, okay. This mic's working? All right, good. That was my impression of the president on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Oh, I thought you were just testing out the podcast equipment. No, well, I should have done that a couple times last week. That's okay. We're getting the kinks worked out. Everything's working fine. Joe Biden further divides the United States of America along racial and political lines. No, no, no. Al Sharpton said he's bringing us all together. Right. Well, there's no better person to bring every person of every ethnic ethnic group together than Al He's Sharpton. done more for all people than anyone ever in the history of ever. Al Sharpton? No. Oh, I hope not. Please start this podcast. Welcome into the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson here with you. We got plenty to get to. Joe Biden talking on Martin Luther King Day. Donald Trump is coming back to South Carolina. We got Dollar General workers striking in South Carolina, and the Miss Universe leader's a trans person. Got a lot to get to, but first, that's a lot of stuff. But first, yes, we have to get to a few things that are coming up for the Palmetto Family Council. We'll start. Huge. We have two. We have two major events coming Huge. up over the next two months. But first, Dave, we are going to take the podcast on the road starting on Thursday. Thursday morning and Friday morning, we are going to be in the Upstate of South Carolina on his talk radio with uh, Christian Worldview today with Dr. Tony Beam, our chairman. Dr. Tony Beam is actually in Washington D.C. this week, Ooh. leading up to the Stand Up for Life rally, uh, the March for Life that is going to be going on in Washington D.C. this weekend. So you get to hear. Two or three of us, depending on what day you're listening, uh, on their morning broadcast, 7 to 9 a.m. on Christian Talk, 660 and 91.9 FM. It's really early. I'm it used is. To, I'm used to doing radio shows at like 11 o'clock at night. So yeah, no, uh, sorry. This is this is the early morning shift. Okay, so it's I have the to leave seven my to nine, house at like 4:30 in the morning. It's not that far. Well, they, at least it's a Dunkin' Donuts nearby. That's true. Hey, I, love but I only get free Dunkin' here Good in call. Columbia. But do listen so, to us on that. So that's coming up. Yep. Now we'll get to the other announcements here shortly. By the way, that was my best Ben Shapiro impression that I could do. Now we get to but first. Now we oh. get to Joe Biden speaking on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Now, he spoke the day before at Martin Luther King's church, Ebenezer, which is now pastored by Senator Raphael Warnock. Because he's there so much to pastor his church. Shepherding a flock means you leave the flock for months on end. Uh, So then he speaks the next day, the president At least the wolf isn't in the flock every week. That's true. Uh, so the president then goes to the National Action Network. This is, you know, this is where Ilhan Omar said that some people did something on September you know, about 11th. About a thing? Did they? About a thing. Oh. Uh, shockingly, she sounds a lot like Kamala sometimes. So <laughs> That is Al really Sh- hard to do. Al Actually, maybe not. Al Sharpton introduces the president with this glowing statement that you, you try to make sense of it. Dr. King worked with Lyndon Johnson and was able to bring about some of the most legislative transformative things that literally changed our life. In the last two years, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris has literally brought about things that have changed the lives of all Americans. And when I say all, that includes those of us that have been left out. Those of us that have been left out. Every person in that room is influential, including, by all shapes and measures, Al Sharpton, who, by the way, still waiting on those back taxes. 
Also, Al Sharpton has impacted a lot of different communities, including some of those in. Well, I'll turn uh, around. I, I'll turn around and say that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have affected every single American. Literally. I mean, they've done a fantastic job of trying to limit our freedoms as much as they possibly can, under the guise of "Oh, we've got to do this for COVID. We've got to do this for." And you know, my gracious, we're trying to diversify ourselves into non-existence now. My family and I are painting potatoes for Easter this year because of eggs inflation? are so expensive. Inflation is inflation, terrible. I, Those who have chickens, you are sitting you are, on you are the gold mine. Wait, the princess of, it would be the it would be the chicken that laid the golden egg. Correct. Wow. Get in touch with Willy Wonka because it's not the golden goose. Nope. Now then, the president starts talking. <sighs> he leads off with he. Well, first of all, he he still thinks his uh, daughter Ashley Biden is a social worker. Hasn't been a social worker since 2012. Um, he might be a little distracted by the whole document issue. You, know. you mean the the box next to the Corvette in the garage? We'll get to cars. We're going to get to cars right now. That was My a really dad, great movie. Maybe he needs. To, My oh, dad told me, Joey, you, you just got to. Are you doing a Joey story? Seriously? Uh, they're always lies. Joey, okay? Joey stories are always lies. But you. Okay. Usually everything he says is a lie. So Joey? this is the first thing he says. And we're going to move through these rather quickly because you have other things to do. Um, you don't want to listen to Joe Biden anymore? No. No. Uh, this is what he says about uh, car insurance. If you live in one of those neighborhoods and you have the same exact car I have in the other neighborhood, you pay more for your insurance than that side. No basis for it. None at all other than you're black and I'm white. Also, if you keep classified documents beside your car, you'd be charged, but he wouldn't because... He's I don't know. Joey's Joey's insurance may be a little bit higher now because when was the last time Joe Biden wrote a check to his insurance company? When was the last time Joe Biden drove? That, these are all valid questions. I, I don't also, know. Also, yeah. I bet uh, Hunter's been in that. Car insurance rates aren't based on race, and if they were, it seems like a good job that the president could like stop that. Right. But of course, none of that is real because he's a liar. Right. None of that is real. I mean, the, your your insurance rates may be different based upon things like your age, if you're under the age of 25, or your driving record. Not necessarily whether or not you live no. in one particular neighborhood or another. Now, crime rates do affect insurance rates. I will give him that. I will give him so that. Joey's, in, so Joey's basically saying area, that if you're if you're black. You live in a high crime area. Yes, because Joe Biden's racist. Sounds like the okay. soft bigotry of low expectations. No, Joe Biden is a racist. Well, I can go with that because yeah. because if you don't elect Barack Obama, they're gonna put you back in chains. And if you don't vote and for me, you ain't black. Has Jack. Al Sharpton forgot that the president two presidents ago was the first black president? And he and Jesse was, Jackson. I thought, I, that was Bill Clinton. That well, that's true. Bill. Yeah. Uh, and he and Jesse Jackson shed alligator tears on election night because they saw history take place. Has he so suddenly forgotten that just a few short years ago, help me do the math, I think it was like seven years ago, the he was president outgoing, of the yes. United States was an African-American. And well, now, case, yes. now, Joey and Kamala, whatever. Kamala, whatever name is, yeah. Are breaking ground. For yes. all Americans. We see you, America. For all Americans. All Americans. Then, literally. Literally. Not figuratively. Literally. Then Joe Biden uses the next most portion of his speech, say that again in English, um, to castigate Republicans and white people. Interesting how this works. I'm going to play you two clips. The first is about his fiscal policy. 
Pay attention to the reception his statement gets from the audience. You know, to talk, you're going to talk about big spending Democrats again? Guess what? I reduced the deficit last year $350 billion. And this year, federal deficit is down $1 trillion plus. Dollars. Hear me. That's a fact. And there's going to be hundreds of billions reduced over the next decade. But so what? These guys are the fiscally, you know, they're fiscally demented, I think. They don't, they don't quite get it. If there's one person who knows something about dementia, oh, it's Joe dear Biden. Goodness. Uh, he says he's reduced the deficit. Notice how no one applauded for that because no one in that room believes gives, it. No, believes it, nor gives a rat's patooki about <laughs> saving money. Where, exactly. Blow out the spending. Uh, I, well, I couldn't I, say the other. Oh, uh, okay. This is where we would insert the Trump meme. Wrong. Uh, uh, just over and over again. Wrong. Wrong. Maybe we should do that. Introduce the wrong seg- segment of the podcast. That would where be every time we talk about Joe Biden. Oh, my goodness. It's glaring. He says he reduced the deficit by $325 billion, and now he's reduced it by $1 trillion. Well, okay. So so let's just, let's just, just throw this out there. Up. Let's just throw this out there because I did pull it back up. I pulled up the, the numbers that are coming straight off the Treasury's website. In 2020, deficit spending skyrocketed. Sure. Gee, I wonder why. From the previous year had been right at $1 trillion up to $3.1, $3.2 trillion. Dropped down to $2.7 trillion. Down to just over $1.4 trillion. Was that spending? So that was spending, but remember, just spending drop doesn't mean our deficit drop. De- no, this is deficit. Oh, okay. This is the deficit because we took trillions of dollars mm-hmm. that we made up, yes, we and we threw it. into our economy, Correct. and we spent more money than right. we brought in, Correct. because we did all of this COVID crap to yeah. turn around and basically try to stimulate the economy and throw us into. Inflation. We paid people not to work. Right. We shut down businesses. Yes. We, we gave people $1,200 checks. We, we stimulated drug companies. We did all kinds of things like that. Stimulated and I'm not, Ukraine. And I'm right. not anti-vax. I'm not for a vax. I'm not saying anything like that. But that's what our government did. And Man, if you'd have left that out, we'd have so many comments on this video. Yeah, probably, because they're going to crawl this video. Know, and, yeah, and but, just because that's a VAX. But, <laughs> here's the, but here's the thing. The trend line for deficit spending, minus COVID... If you if you take out the if you just extract the COVID years, it's bad. It's still trending upwards. Yes, because because our political leaders, including number forty five, spend money like drunken sailors. Our federal government spends money like drunken sailors. It was yes. our current president, and and this was during the Obama administration. And I forget the audience to whom he's speaking, but our current president, back during that administration, says a nation's wealth will be known by its debt. Listen, you you, you got to have debt in order to have wealth. And can you imagine if you balanced your checkbook? Uh, checkbooks antiquated term. If you balanced your budget, you you looked online on Look your, at your app, envelopes. You Larry know, Burkett. Yeah, yeah, Larry Burkett. Yeah, sure. Uh, Dave Ramsey. Uh, can you imagine if you balanced your budget at home based on? Listen, honey, our wealth is known by our debt. We're we're in debt up that to our over, eyeballs. That That's well. the same guy who's currently the president. That go over well. 
Keep in mind the national debt as of this recording, <laughs> Wednesday, January 18th, the year of our Lord, 2023, Thanks, at 11.04 a.m., is right at $31.384 trillion. That doesn't seem like a lot. It could be tw- 32. It could be 32. It will be in about three weeks. So <clears throat> now we go to a final line from him. Yes. Because I have to ask the question, how divisive can one person be? Joe Biden has a couple of lines that he always likes to talk about. You know, Joey, Joey in 1954, or sorry, and when he was a young boy in 1854, he and his dad were walking in Delaware or Scranton, wherever he's from. It changes. And uh, they saw two gay guys making out on a park bench, and Joe's dad said, Joey, that's love. Joey. And then there's the oil slicks and... and, uh, and all the other stuff, and uh, they sit around the table wondering how they're going to pay for gas in their car when they had a horse and buggy. And so, um, and corn pop, and the whole thing, and like it when kids rub his leg. And Anyway, he has a couple of throwback lines like that. He goes to his, he goes to his good one-liners that he has. This one's a good one. He starts talking about guns. On Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Really? He starts talking about guns. Yeah, he, he mentions Uvalde, Buffalo, yeah. And here's what he has to say about uh, guns. And ban the number of bullets that go in a magazine. There's no, no need for any of that. I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. Give me a, if you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need an AR-15. I'm serious. Think about it. So when he says I'm serious, think Come about on. it. He's an idiot. Um... And he's lying. It, it, here, real quick. I, again, I, I just want to paint the picture for you. Because this is the same. He just said, ha-ha, dumb citizen. If you want to beat up on big daddy government, you got to come at me with my own military weaponry. Otherwise, I'll bomb you into non-existence, apparently. Um, here's the bigger thing, though. He says, you gotta, you got to have more than AR-15. It's going to take a lot more than AR-15 to overthrow the government. This is the same man who said that a guy wearing Viking horns walking into the Capitol unarmed nearly destroyed the democracy. So either hundreds of people walking through the Capitol and smashing some windows is a true threat to democracy, where again the only person shot and killed was one of the protesters, or you're going to need high-grade military weapons to overthrow the government. Both can't be true. I just hit your mic. Both can't be true. So this 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 esteemed world leader is telling you, ha ha, I can blow you up right now. It's gonna take a lot more. Uh, the tree of liberty is watered by the blood of patriots. You're darn right it is. You're darn right it is. The blood of patriots is what led to the revolution. Yeah. The blood of patriots saved the union. The blood of patriots stopped the spread of Nazism and fascism. And communism. Yes. So, yes, the tree of liberty is water by the But for Joe Biden, that is not the case because they don't believe that that's the reality of what America is. It keeps going back to the fact that they, the progressives, do not believe in this. Go back to what Michelle Obama said when she talked about the fact that Barack knows that we've got to rewrite our history. And that's what they've set out to do. They have set out to basically redefine what America is by weakening us, by taking us off the world stage to make us more 
interconnectedly dependent upon every other country that's out there so that we blend in with everybody else and we're not some signing city on the hill like we have known ourselves to be all this time. So ultimately what these are, they're... Right before he says this, he says, listen, man, you don't need an uh, uh, assault rifle. To Deer aren't wearing Kevlar vests. Oh, my gosh. These are tired, rehearsed campaign lines. They That are absolutely partisanly dividing absolutely. a United States of America. When are we going to get a daggum president who's going to turn around and recognize that you are the president of the United, not the partisan states of America. Yeah. It is time for us to start figuring out how do we make ourselves a country again instead of dividing ourselves because there is nothing worse than to have somebody get up there and say, hey, listen, if you like to carry a gun or you wear a certain color of hat, then daggum, you're the bad guy. You are part of the disunited states of America. And that's exactly where Joe Biden is is so grounded and is being told to ground himself in his old age. Yeah, I, and for all of you out there that worship the Gipper, and, and I really appreciate Ronald Reagan and uh, my patron saint. Apparently, I just Reagan. clicked on something that's going to bot my computer. Uh, but he said, the person who agrees with you 80% of the time is a friend and an ally, not a 20% traitor. Hmm. Ronald Reagan understood what it meant to reach across and shake the hands of people that he did not always agree with. Do not silo yourself. Do not live in an echo chamber. Listen to people. And not just, yeah, I heard you. Listen to people so that they are heard and known, so that you understand what they're saying. Part of the problem of what we're experiencing in the divide right now is because no one wants to listen to anybody. No one wants to hear people. No one wants to be uh, to know people as they are known. So you've got to listen to people, and I, I think this has turned into probably something that we didn't necessarily know or want it to be, but you have to listen to people to understand them. That doesn't mean you're going to agree with them. It doesn't right. mean that you're going to walk in lockstep with them, but at least you hear where they are and know who they are. You'll actually find more commonality. Uh, unbelievable. Speaking of presidents who are known to unify the country. Well, I, no, hold on. I want oh, okay. Before we jump off of that. Sure. I, I, I remembered this day because I was there. Hmm. It was July 1st, 2003. It okay. was the funeral of Strom Thurmond. Yes. Who gave the eulogy at the, thir- at the Joe Thurmond? Biden. Joe Biden. Because they served in the Senate for 75,000 years. It was at First Baptist Church, July 1st, 2003. And he sits here, and there, the transcript of, is on here, and he continuously talked about Strom Thurmond as such a man of courage, such a man of valor, and and the friendship that they shared. And I just cannot understand. Maybe it's his senility. Maybe it's his old age. Maybe he lives in such a bubble inside the White House of Washington, D.C., that the only thing he can hear is the echoes of a Democratic talking point most Mm -hmm. of the time. Folks at home, you know this, you understand this because you live in this every single day in the communities that you live in. Strom Thurmond had a, had a storied history. Yeah. Joe Biden has a storied history. We all do. Welcome to why we need Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Grace. And, and in that particular case, you go back through, and I haven't had a chance to read, as we were listening to this, it just reminded me of this moment. 
This is what he said. Like all of us, Strom was a product of his time, but he understood people. He cared for them. He truly wanted to help them. He knew how to read people, how to move them, how to give, get things done. I will never forget, we went down to see President Reagan. He and I had the Thurman Biden crime bill. And he, he was, we sat in the room with the senator, with President Reagan. And he goes on and on. He said, so I did my little bit, and I looked like the president was coming along, and I stood there with him. And you know what? That's where you get things done. And yet Joe Biden sits here today, and if you have any other leaning than his leaning, get off the daggum campaign trail. Yep. It is time to govern the United States of America. So if it's a gas stove, if it's guns, if it's green, whatever it is, yeah. there are these wedge issues that politicians, and, and I won't even say Democrats, I won't say Republicans, all of them are using to drive a wedge between the American people. And we've got to wake up and realize that it's bigger than gas ovens, gas stoves, whatever. It's bigger. And I'm, a, I'm I, just full disclosure, I love guns. I, I love to shoot guns. And, uh, you know, what's wrong with that? Like Brett Kavanaugh, I love beer. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> all right, we'll go there too. I, that is not yeah. part of who I am. Sure, and and I'm you know I've never seen a shotgun or a AR or a pistol hang whatever. I've never seen them do something that I didn't make them do. Yeah, we we could walk down this all day long. Sure, we've got to quit using these tools that divide us, these wedge issues, to destroy the American people and this nation that all of us desperately love. Most of us. Uh, <laughs> okay. So. So. Speaking of unifying leaders, um, we'll get to some South Carolina news. Uh, former President Donald Trump is coming to South Carolina. January specifically 28th. coming to Columbia. Yes. Steer clear of the State House on Saturday, January 28th. President Donald Trump is announcing his leadership team in South Carolina. I'm, sure, I'm assuming this will be on the first floor lobby of the State House. Uh, he'll be here with Lindsey Graham and Henry McMaster, I believe. Yes. Uh, to talk about his upcoming campaign, the one that he is in the midst of. Uh, on the heels of that, okay, I'm going to probably upset a lot of people. On the heels of that, this from Fox News, former President Donald Trump is questioning the loyalty of his past allies in the evangelical community. Trump, while appearing on Real America's Voice program, The Water Cooler, uh, was asked his thoughts on evangelical leaders' hesitance to once again throw their support behind the former president. Quote, should I do the impression or just read it? it? Just read it. I don't really care. It's a sign of disloyalty. There is great disloyalty in the world of politics, and that's a sign of disloyalty because nobody has ever done more for right to life than Donald Trump, end quote. He spoke of himself in the third person. Well, does that shock you? No, no, I'm just, I'm pointing it out. So, Dave, you and I had a conversation about this when I was driving into work because traffic was a mess in downtown Columbia today. It was a mess um, in a lot of places in Columbia. It was a mess in a lot of places in the Columbia metropolitan area. So we talked about this a little bit. Maybe you should just ride His a bike. statement, yeah, there's great disloyalty in the world of politics and nobody has done more for life, has ever done more for life, for more for right to life than Donald Trump. Your nobody, nobody has done more of the right, for the right to life than Donald Trump. That's what he said. That discounts every crisis pregnancy center. That discounts every person who does sidewalk counseling. 
that discounts every policy group. Every policy group that's out there that has fought for for what needs to be done. Yes, Mr. President, let us give you the credit on this. You took the advice of conservatives and you put three conservative members on the Supreme Court, giving us a conservative majority on the Supreme Court. That is fantastic. We applaud you for that. Most consequential president in that regard. In, in that regard, yes. Okay. I'll get, yes. Beyond that, yeah. keep in mind the very first time that the Pence-Trump administration showed up for the March for Life in Washington, D.C., it was Vice President Pence who showed up. It was Vice President Pence who told President Trump he needed to go to the next one. He Trump did. was wondering whether he should have go, yep. go to it. He went, of course, Mr. President, this is the most loyal group of conservative yep. voters that we have in the Republican Party. We're, okay, so so in that particular case, the loyalty, the loyalty is to what we believe in, not to a person. That's right. And he wants the loyalty to be to the Trump brand. Yep not to the Jesus brand. There you go. Okay? Yeah. That's tell me tell me in that statement where it is outside of that bound. Well, he, he goes on to accuse the groups the evangelical groups of failing to do what they could have done in the 2022 midterm elections. Uh quote and I was a little disappointed because I thought they could have fought much harder during the election during the 2022 election because you know they won and a lot of them didn't fight or weren't really around to fight. Maybe, and it did energize the Democrats, but a lot of people who wanted and fought for years to get it, they weren't there protesting and doing what they could have done. Final quote. But with all of that being said, there's nobody who has done more for the movement than I have. Mm. And that includes the movement of evangelicals and Christians and the movement very much of right to life. Um former President Donald Trump, and I'm going to make a lot of people upset when I say this. You sit there and... Mm, you've, you've done more for the movement of Christians than... Nobody who, nobody's done more for the movement of Christians than you? I can name a few Sir? people. I've got, I got a few names I'm in mind. I'm reading one of their books right now. What... What are you talking about? So, so because so 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 this is what? a reason. This is a reason why. And and I was I had an interview with um with a couple of national organizations, yeah. a couple of national media groups over the last few days. And the question keeps coming up about this, about his comment. And you know, I I go back to the fact that it is not a loyalty to a person outside of Jesus that we do the things that we do. The evangelicalism is not Trumpism. There, there's a huge difference between those. And while, yes, the evangelical vote did show up, I told this to the Washington Post today. I said, you know, the thing about it was in 2016, there were a lot of people who were evangelicals who showed up to vote mm-hmm. for the second name on the ticket yep. because they were voting for Mike Pence for vice president You're right. and took Donald Trump along with the ride. And when it came back around... The policies that the Trump-Pence administration had put forward at the encouragement of the staff and the team that was there moving policies forward was a reason why people were supportive of Donald Trump. 
it is not necessarily you as the individual, Mr. President, as it is the policies that you are pushing forward. And I don't think we can just move aside because I know the natural intent, the natural reaction is to, oh, well, that's who he is. And that's fair. I mean, we all deal with pride. We all deal with this selfish ambition and desire and and some conceited thoughts. And I get that. I'm I'm right there with you. And I'm not castigating the former president. I'm hurt by what he said. If you want my honest opinion. I, I, I think both of them are wrong. I think both of the, the things he says is wrong. Um, he didn't do enough for the 2022 midterms. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much right now. He didn't. 2022. So, so let's take. Stop relitigating that election. Let, but let's let let's take the Dobbs decision. Yeah. From from Jan from June 24th, 2022. What did that put the responsibility? It took the responsibility out of Washington D.C. and states. it gave it back to the states. Yes. So the states started having. We did it here. My gracious, we spent an entire summer yeah. into the fall having new legislative hearings during the off season. But hey, none of those legislatures did their job apparently. Well, and, right. and 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 so while we were fighting the fight back home where it needed to be fought, we were fighting on the issues. Now he wants to sit here and say, you know, that he had the best the best record out there, and that we had dropped the ball. Well, the reality is, yes, there are a lot of names of people that you endorsed. How many of those were in truly contested races? William Timmons got his endorsement. William Timmons was not in a contested race in the upstate of South Carolina. Neither was Ralph Norman, neither was Jeff Duncan, and, and neither was Joe Wilson. And and he did succeed in South Carolina seven with Russell Fry. Yes, but he I did. Would, and, but and, I would and that put, was the primary. And I would put that more and and this isn't just because he's a friend at I would put that more on the shoulders of Russell Fry. Than That's why I he's would. a member of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, now. Right. I mean Russell's a is going to be he's an a heck excellent of a, he's gonna be a heck of a congressman. I and, and he, Email me, Mitch at palmettofamily.org. I almost said com so that they get bounced. But no, sincerely, <laughs> Mitch at palmettofamily.org. The primary, there are yeah. two reasons why we lost. Uh, there, we didn't lose. And that's the thing to remember. We didn't lose. And the, I'll say this in just a second for the sake of elongating this podcast. Thank you. The two reasons why the red wave was the red trickle. First is because we told everybody there was going to be a red wave. We said, we're going to win and we're going to win bigly. It's going to be so amazing. Ronna McDaniel goes. Well, that sounded the, a lot like. Careful, uh, Ronna McDaniel goes to the national press over and over and over and goes. So does Kevin McCarthy. And they say we're we're just gonna, there's going to be a tidal wave of Republicans nationwide. If you tell people you're going to win, they then, believe you and don't show up to help you. Right. What we needed to be saying was you need to get everyone you know, you and every last one of your conservative friends to the polls on November in November, or else we're going to lose. We didn't do that. Second thing is, is exactly what you were saying. We were outspent, and I know this to be true. We, as conservatives, were outspent four by $460 million in the last 10 days in order to target one voter block, and that was women independent, single women independent voters. And they broke hard to the left. They overwhelmingly, 78% of them voted on the Democratic side. Why? Because they believed in the bodily, bodily autonomy argument, my body, my choice, and they, the left, used... I mean, Gavin Newsom, for crying out loud, the governor of California is spending $32 million in seven key states, battleground states, in order to sway people's opinion. That played a factor. 
That played a factor. They were on college trying, campuses. Just trying to turn red states into and, red states. And so that's so maybe, maybe, just maybe, this is where Donald Trump looks at it and goes, the abortion issue, you know, turned around and turned voters off. Everything was fine when I was at the helm. No, Mr. President. And, and yes, that's true. But we had positive traction. The, the reason why the red wave, and everybody thinks that Republicans lost, is because they didn't understand what the red wave was going to do and what it was going to accomplish. The red wave, and I know we're off on a tangent, and I'm, I'm, I'm rapping. The red wave was meant to create gridlock in Washington. Right. The red wave, even if we took the House and the Senate, and by we, I mean conservatives, not Republicans, conservatives. If conservatives took the House and the Senate, guess what? There's still a Democratic president in the White House. And they wouldn't have had a two-thirds majority to be able to override a veto. Okay. Right. So now we have gridlock still, even though it's a slim margin in the House, and we saw that there's no true leader in Washington a couple weeks ago because we couldn't get our act together and figure out who was leading. No, I actually, I totally, I'm going to totally disagree with that point. I think that is exactly job. what needed to have been done. I sit there and I think that the media turned around and has made a whole huge hoopla over the fact that it took 15 daggum votes. The reality of it is every single one of us is in a relationship. We've got a wife, we've got a spouse, we've yeah. got kids. We've got people who we have to work with. We have to talk with. We have to understand the things that are going on. We've got to be able to have discourse back and forth. And if it that takes discourse takes, takes place in the public, great. I'll agree with you that, that we need to talk. I just wish they'd have come to the table a lot sooner. I mean, they were, well, they were working on this stuff in July and August of last year, preparing yeah. for the, the step to leadership. They were meeting in November, and certain members, I, I won't say who Adam Gates, Matt Gates, Matt Ma- Gates. Adam Gates, not Adam Gates, I don't even know who that is. Matt Gates, Lauren Babert, they weren't even showing up for some of these meetings. Sure. Uh, so, I mean... I, I think, and, and, and truthfully, when we go back, you're thinking of Adam Gase, former head coach yeah. of the New York Jets. What a terrible head coach. So the, the point that I have, that was a weird random side yeah. bite of Adam Gase. Uh, I, I think we're talking about the House Republican Caucus, the U.S. House Republican Caucus. We're looking at folks who are staunchly, Embedded in in their view, you have and, and again you have a wide array. You have your Kevin McCarthy's, you have your Jim Jordans, you have your Chip Roy's, you have your Matt mm-hmm. Gates's. I believe all four of them kind of come down on different levels of policy. So back to the former president. Look forward to him being in South Carolina on January twenty eighth. Always always a thrill when a president or former president comes to your home state, comes to your state. South Carolina has been good to the former president. Uh, he's won his primary here both times, or he's won this state both times, including the primary back in twenty. Uh, 16, and uh, he will announce his leadership team, and we'll see what it is, and we'll see who else jumps into the fray. We know John Bolton said he's running for president, uh, so we'll see how many more people jump into the fray and how many more people challenge that. Well, and several of them are going to probably be in South Carolina <clears throat> for an event that we're going to be doing on March the 18th. Chef's kiss of a segue. In uh, Charleston, South Carolina, we're going to be hosting a National Conservative co- uh, Forum that's going to be going on where you're going to see 2022 hopefuls and voices of the conservative movement coming to South Carolina. They want to hear from you, and you know you want to hear what they have to say. If you want to learn more about that, go to palmettofamily.org. Sign up for that information about the National Conservative Forum so that when tickets go on sale, you know about it immediately. Correct. And you want to make sure you sign up for those updates. Uh, really quickly, one other thing that we need to get oh. to is the we have, well, the, not the actual story. I want to get to one more thing that's happening in February. Uh, we are hosting a 
clay shoot fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, first annual Palmetto Family Clay Tournament. Uh, if you want more information about that, you can go to our website. the the web The web page is up at the top. The, up at the top of the far right, you can learn more about that. It's a. Uh, it is uh, going to be a really good time. It's in. I'm going to say it correctly. It's in Clinton, yeah. uh, <laughs> not Clinton. Uh, no, it's, it's in Clinton, Clinton, South Carolina, at the Clinton House. There, it's an awesome time. If you would like to bring a team, if you want to. Uh, Day out of the office with your team, your st- church staff, your yeah, business. We'd, we'd love to have you come hang out with us, learn more about what we're doing, shoot some guns. Uh, that sounds like food. fun. Yeah. That sounds like a good conservative yeah. time. Yes. And by the way, if you want to purchase raffle tickets, we've got some great yes. prizes we're giving away. Raffle tickets are $25 a ticket, or you can get five tickets for $100. That, my friends, is what we call a deal. A steal of a deal. Steal of a deal. And so you want to make sure those are some really good prizes. I, can we say what the prizes are? All I can tell you is that one is something you shoot. One goes bang, and the other keeps stuff cold. One, no, one goes bang, one keeps stuff cold, and I believe one gives you a nice view of the ocean. So oh, that's right. There's, there are a couple other things that are going to be part yeah. of that as yes, well. Yes, there are. Yeah. Yes, there are. Some things that have been flying over your state capital as well. Ooh. Oh, so, ooh, you know. Nice. Ooh. Plane? Hmm. A plane? A whole plane? Oh, the whole. Did you, did you see the? A whole government plane? We're anyway, trying, Henry's trying to sell those right Anyway, now. he's still got a couple more years for the liquidation sale. Anyway, <laughs> final <Everything> story. Must go. <laughs> final story. Final story. Shame on you. Final story for today. Uh, and this is where we've been pretty serious today, I feel oh, like. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's uh, been a heavy podcast. We Welcome get, we to the get, kicker. We can get cheeky now. Yeah. Here we go. The Miss Universe pageant happened. Is it the Miss what, Universe? What pageant? Miss Universe. The what? What Miss, kind of? Ms. Mix Universe. Mix Universe. Poof, poof, poofs Universe. No, so, we're not doing so, poof poofs. So Miss Universe pageant happened. Uh, Miss USA. I don't know how she did. It's Mix USA. So how do you say the, this? The Miss Universe pageant yes. is led by a new leader. And I want to read, uh, read you a quote from Francis Schaeffer. If you want to know when the philosophy of a culture has hit the mainstream, just listen to the music and observe the art. Now, I wouldn't classify the Miss Universe pageant as art, per se. And I don't think Mr. Francis Schaefer would either. <laughs> but, but... They have taken on some artistic art forms. They have included, a talent. Including, like, molding. Anyway, the point is, listen, this is the new leader of the Miss Universe pageant. And, yeah. The Miss Universe organization. From now on, it's going to be ran by women, owned by trans women, for all women. For all women really around the world to celebrate the power of feminism. I'm, gonna, I'm a woman. For all and women. I'm running, and it's, I'm running. It's <coughs> women. I'm running the Miss Universe pageant. <laughs> This person. I'm not picking on anybody, <laughs> any woman, any biological woman that has a deep voice. God I'm bless on you. That, I'm picking on that man. That's a man. I'm picking on the man. That's a man. It's a trans woman, no, guys. It's a trans it's woman. A man. man. <laughs> nice we job. did it that time. Who said women? Weeman. It's all hey, about weemen. He's from Thailand. He can't help it. Well, uh, he he's all... from where Cliff Kingsbury's gone. Maybe he is a wee man. Oh. Huh. Uh, um. Good news, ladies and gentlemen. It isn't just here in America. Uh, uh, I feel this podcast so, coming so to a near coming, close. It's coming unglued. Uh, I'm glad he didn't come unglued. Uh, the, 
So, so God. he's so yes. he's running so he's running yes. the Miss Universe pageant, saying that does he own it now? He owns the Miss Universe you, pageant. Didn't he, he buy that from Donald Trump? I think so. I think Donald Trump used to own the Miss Universe. Wait, pageant. Donald no, Trump no, sells? Did he, he own Miss Universe or Miss America or both? I think it was both. I think he's. I think so. Donald Trump sold the Miss Universe pageant to, to a, a trans, trans woman. Well, we don't know if they were. We don't know. We don't know. There if might he have been somebody. To, yeah, and there might have been an intermediary there. Uh, I don't believe it was a direct sale. Uh, so here's the point. Donald knows when to get out of the game. Anyway, the point is, except in politics. Anyway, the point is, this man is running the Miss Universe pageant for all for women, all women uh, including <laughs> trans women. Uh, which is a man. Which is a man. man. Uh, Let's for just, feminism. Uh, for feminism, because it, the feminists should be banging their heads into a wall. Because, okay, there are there are probably a lot of very beautiful women who are part of that. Wasn't not well, one by a tra- wasn't it won by the I think a trans trans person from the United States of America. I think a man, uh, I think a man won. No, no yes. a man didn't win, but a man competed. These are the winners. There's well, that's from twenty twenty one. Oh, th- is there? It was a. It was the. This it was a recent. trans woman, which was a guy. Oh yeah, from the United States of America. Bonnie Gabriel. I don't. Rubani. It is Rubani Gabriel. Notice there's no picture on this. Rubani. Yes. Oh wow. All right. All right. Wait. She. It says she won the Miss Texas USA 2022, and then joined. I can't read the rest of it because it moved. Yeah. Went on to represent Texas. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Rubani right. Nola Gabriel. Yeah. I, uh, the winner to... of the Ms. Universe pageant. Trans. We're, do, so we're doing on-air live research. Uh, so i got to be careful us. because cookies will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. It's, uh. We live in an interesting society. Um, I uh, okay. I don't even know where to maybe begin. Maybe not. Maybe not trans. I, no, I, no, I, not I, trans. Definitely not trans. Right. There was but a trans person competing. Let's just say this: um, Miss Universe isn't quite what it used to be. Um, what? And that's up for you to determine whether it was ever a good thing to start with. Um, if you if you want to pick up the latest edition of the Palmetto Family Matters magazine, then. Email us, email at palmettofamily.org. If you live in the Columbia area, I'd love I'd love to get you one of these. He would love to get off the podcast set right now and so get out of here. Get one of these magazines. Please. These guys are looking stuff up. and, and I don't need to know. We're going to uh, edit most of this no, out, I think. No, we're not. No, we're not. Yes, pick up, uh, email Mitch, get a copy of the Palmetto Family Matters magazine. We look forward to seeing you on, in March for the National Conservative Forum in Charleston, we look forward to seeing you on on Friday, February 10th for the first annual Palmetto Family Clay Tournament. And we look forward to you listening and watching. I think they're still doing the Facebook Live of the show. Yeah, We'll We'll be filling in on on his radio talk, uh, Christian Worldview, with Dr. Tony Beam. We're filling in for him on Thursday and Friday morning, Thursday 7 to 9, and on Friday 7 to 9. We look forward to talking to you then on live radio. It won't be recorded, so got to watch ourselves. Exactly. But we'll be with you there. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Listening to and watching the fastest growing conservative podcast in South Carolina. The fastest moving off the rails for Dave Wilson and Mitch Prosser. I'm Justin Hall. We'll talk to you in Greenville tomorrow.